Hey, good morning. Thank you for joining us. Uh, that's just a wonderful time of worship. Half tempted to just say, Matt, stay up here and I'll go sit down and just sing. I love uh, sometimes just the simplicity of hearing many voices crying out to the Lord. So that was beautiful worship. So thank you, choir, for leading us this morning. Uh, but my name is Jackson Flieger. I am the student pastor here. And I have the privilege of opening the word with you this morning. So I'm so excited that you're here. I see a lot of new faces that I don't know. So I just want to say welcome to Calvary. Thank you for joining us on a, on a holiday weekend where you could be traveling or you could be at home. So if this is your first time, I just want to say welcome. Thanks for being here. I hope you've been uh, greeted at the front door and someone's made their way over to talk to you. If they haven't, shame on everybody else. Go find those people. No, just kidding. Just kidding. Uh, but I'm super excited to be here and excited to open the word with you. So if you want to turn to Psalm 96... Title of my sermon this year, it's very creative. Uh, new year, new praise. Uh, and this is the new year time where everybody is uh, looking at their life and they're setting new goals, they're setting new uh, expectations that they want to meet, new fitness goals, health goals, or uh, they're, they're trying to look at their life and say, what can I do better? What can I improve? How can I make my life better, make myself a better version of myself, right? It's the, the new year, new me, new year, new opportunities, new year. It's a fresh start for us to, to make a difference, make a change in our life. And I just want to turn our eyes in this new year because I believe that 2024 will be a year where God will move like he always has, and he will do things that are incredible. And I hope as a church and in your life and as a family, we can sit back and look at the things that God does this year and say, only God could have accomplished that. Only God could have made that happen in my life or in my church or in my family's life. That's the hope that I think we all should have heading into this new year, is watching God move, watching God work in our lives in unexpected ways and giving him praise for those things when he does that. Uh, my main idea this morning is that when God moves, it's our responsibility to praise him. I think as the church, that is our job. When we see God move, when we see God work, when we see him do what he wants to do, it is our job to praise him, to cheer him on, and to celebrate his working and his moving in our own lives and in the lives of the church or in the life of our church. And so I want to look at Psalm 96, the first six verses this morning. And just give you a challenge. So I have two points this morning. Just two, not three, because it's, it's New Year's Eve, so I know you guys got to get going. But I want to pray, and then we're going to dive into those first three verses. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for this crowd, the, the new faces, the, the faces we, we know and recognize, Lord. We just uh, are so grateful that you have brought them here today. I pray that you would continue to minister to us like you did through the, the worship and the songs, Lord, through the fellowship and, and the prayers that we've already prayed, Lord. I pray that in these next few moments, your word would speak to us, your word would encourage us to sing new songs to you in this new year, Lord, that we would praise you for what you're going to do and we would be witnesses firsthand to all the things that you're going to accomplish in our lives in this next year, Lord. I pray that you would be glorified in everything. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So the first thing I want us to see is that we are called to praise the Lord. And this is from the first three verses in Psalm uh, 96. And I'm going to read those for us. It says this. It says, Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Bless his name. 
Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all peoples. So this psalm was written back, if you were to turn to the book of uh, 1 Chronicles chapter 16, you would see this psalm is in there. And it was written by David, and, and the city of Jerusalem is celebrating because the Ark of the Covenant is being brought to the city of Jerusalem. And it's a sign that God's rule and reign is coming to these people. And so they are throwing a celebration. They're excited. They're singing praises to the Lord because he is moving on their behalf and moving closer to them. So God does something, and they sing, like David says, they sing this new song. He's calling the people to sing a new song of praise to the Lord for what he is doing in their life. You can look all throughout the book of Psalms, and you'll see that God calls our people, his people, to sing new songs. You look at Psalm 33, Psalm 40, Psalm 98, Psalm 144, Psalm 149. They all, in those psalms, call us as God's people to sing new songs of praises to what the Lord is doing. So the city of Jerusalem is throwing this celebration because God is moving, and I think that should pattern our lives as well as followers of Jesus today entering into 2024, that when we see God move, we should praise him. I think we could think of ourselves as Christians when we think of our worship to the Lord as we can worship the Lord uh, for what he's done in the past, what he's doing in the present, and what he will do in the future. You can look at the past things that God has done for you, your salvation, maybe a healing or guidance on a decision, or maybe he led you to your spouse or whatever it is, and you can praise the Lord for the things he's done in the past. You can also praise him in the present, the things that he's currently doing in your life. Current miracles, current blessings, current uh, ways that he's making for you. And you can praise him for the things that he'll do in the future. You think about heaven and praise him for our future glory in heaven or just the things that you know he's going to do in your life in the future. We can praise the Lord. We always have a reason to praise the Lord. And so David in the psalm through the power of the Holy Spirit is calling us to sing a new song that flows from what God is doing in our life currently. As Christians, we are to always be praising the Lord for the different things that he's doing in our life. The Bible in the, the book of Lamentations would tell us that God's mercies are new every single morning. And if God's mercies are new every single morning, that would mean that you and I as followers of Jesus have a new song to sing every single morning. Spurgeon would say, we have new mercies to celebrate, therefore we must have new songs. It's the idea of not saying the same things over and over, but examining your life, seeing how the Lord is moving and praising him for those new things that he is doing. And I love this idea of singing a new song as we enter into a new year. Because I believe in 2024, God's going to move in amazing ways in your life, my life, and the life of this church. I really hope that we can just sit back and watch God move. But it's our responsibility as the church in response to what God is doing to sing praises to him, to thank him, to celebrate him for what he is doing. I think in our area, we will see our church reach new people. We'll see God move through our church and the other gospel-centered churches in our area. And we all can give praise to God for what he's doing. I think as the church, it's our job to pay attention to what God's doing. It's our job to get involved into what God's doing. And then it's our job to praise God for what he is doing. Philippians 1.6, Paul's writing, and he says this. 
He says, I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. You and I serve a God who finishes what he has started. So even if your life is difficult right now or you're walking through some hard seasons, you can trust and know that if God has started a good work in your life, he will finish that. He will complete it. We serve a God who is always moving, who is always working, and he never leaves a job unfinished. So you might look at your life and you say, well, I've got this going on. I have that going on. Or you don't know all the things that I've done to which I would say God is still working and he will still finish the good work that he started in your life through you and because of you and all around you. God is moving. And so for us as Christians and us as the church, I would like us to prepare our hearts for the moving of God in this new year. Begin praying and seeking the Lord and saying, Lord, what are you going to do? Please open my eyes to what you're going to do. I love this psalm because it shows us a couple of helpful things in this first section. It shows us that the recipient of our praise is God himself. And I've mentioned this a, a couple Sundays ago when I filled in for, for Pastor David, but I think it's important to mention again that the recipient of our praise is God. Uh, if you, maybe if you've been sending out Christmas cards or sending packages over the holidays, and sometimes when you send a package, you might like double or triple check the address that you're sending it to to make sure that your package is getting to its intended destination. Like I wanna send the right package to the right person. Well, in the same way with our praise, this psalm is reminding us and helping us to remember that our praise should be going to the right person, and that person is God. The recipient, the audience for our praise is the Lord himself. Look at verse 1. Notice what it says. It says in verse 1, sing to the Lord a new song. Then it says, sing to the Lord all the earth. Verse 2, sing to the Lord, bless his name. Our worship is not about the people around us ultimately. It's not about ourselves, our desires, or the things in this world. It's about God and it's directed to him. All of our life, all of our heart, all of our praise is for God. Everything we do this new year should be for the Lord, but this is the issue that we have. You and I, myself, I know included, are prone to worshiping ourselves. My wife might be saying hallelujah back there, right? We're all prone to this, to believe that life is all about us, that things revolve around us and everything should happen just the way that we want it. That's our human condition as sinners. We worship ourselves, but we must be reminded that when we worship, we're worshiping the Lord. We should realign our worship and our hearts onto the Lord. Have any of you ever had your car's alignment start acting up and and you're you're driving on the road and you just kind of notice that your car just kind of naturally veers to the wrong side of the road or off the road and you're like, oh man, I need to go get my car realigned, right? It's the same way with our worship. Our hearts just tend to, to look at other things or to veer off and to worship other things or to worship ourselves. And we need the reminder from scripture to realign our hearts on God as the focus of our worship. Because we're all tempted to, to worship ourselves or to worship somebody else in this life. But we worship the Lord. He is the focus of our worship. I also love how it shows us that worship is an action and it's not just a song. 
right? So sometimes we can get confused and we think, man, uh, on the way to work, I chose to listen to his radio instead of 94.7, so like, I worship today. And that's great if you did that or if that's your New Year's resolution. That's awesome, but worship is so much more than just singing. It's our actions. It's what we do. And in this psalm, it tells us that worship is proclaiming to other people what God has done. Look at the end of verse 2 and verse 3. It says, proclaim the good news of his salvation from day to day. Tell of his glory among the nations, his wonderful deeds among all people. God receives praise when you and I tell other people about him. When you and I share the gospel or point other people to Jesus, that is worship to the Lord. Because worship is more than just singing. It's all of our life. It's our actions. And when we proclaim of his salvation day by day to the people around us, we glorify the Lord. I love it. Even in the Old Testament, you see the Great Commission bleeding through here. You see that God's desire is that we would tell of his salvation. And notice, it says to all nations and among all the earth. Even in the Old Testament, God had a gospel heart. And he was aiming to take his message of salvation to all the nations through you and I and the work of the church. This is a Great Commission text. And so you and I in 2024 must not be selfish with the privilege of praise. Because praising the Lord is a privilege, and it's a privilege we get to take to other people. We get to extend to them the ability to worship the Lord when we share the gospel. And I hope, as a church, that would be our focus in this next year. Amen. Don't give me politics. Don't, don't give me opinions or man-made ideas. Give me the gospel. Give me sharing the gospel to the unreached or to the people in our city that need it. Empowering the saints to go out and share the gospel. That's what we need more of. Let's do that in 2024. Point number two. So we saw we're called to praise the Lord, but why do we praise the Lord? Why do we praise the Lord in verses four through six? It says this, it answers our question. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is feared above all gods. And you say, whoa, there's other gods. The Bible, just, just listen. It says, for all the gods of people are worthless idols. But the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are his sanctuary. Greatness carries the idea of something or someone being set apart, being in a, a category of its own, being distinguished. That's why people will argue about, you know, who's the greatest pop singer, right? Like Michael Jackson or Justin Bieber? Well, it's clearly Justin Bieber, right? Uh, no, just kidding. Just kidding. Or, or we'll talk about like, who's the best actor or who's the best athlete? We talk about greatness all the time, but the Bible makes it clear that when it comes to greatness, God is in a category all of his own. Nobody reaches God in his greatness. Listen to these scriptures. Psalm 145, verse 3. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. Deuteronomy 10, 17 says, For the Lord your God is a God of gods and a Lord of lords, the great, the mighty, and the awesome God. Jeremiah 10, 6 says, There is none like you, O Lord. You are great, and great is your name in might. And Nehemiah, when he prays in, in chapter 1, verse 5, he says, O Lord God of heaven, the great and awesome God. All throughout scripture, it makes it clear that God is great and nobody is like him. But even if you look at Christian history, we've been singing songs for years about the greatness of God. 
How many of you know the hymn, How Great Thou Art? It says in the first couple lines, When I, in awesome wonder, consider, consider all the worlds thy hands have made, I see the stars, I hear the rolling thunder, thy power throughout the universe displayed. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee, how great thou art, how great thou art. Christians have been singing that for hundreds of years. Or there's the, the, the Chris Tomlin song that says, the name above all names, worthy of our praise. My heart will sing how great is our God. I've been listening to a lot of Michael W. Smith. And some of you don't know about Michael W. Smith, but Michael W. Smith is amazing. And he has the song, Awesome God, where he says, our God is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven above with wisdom, power, and love. Our God is an awesome God. You see, Christians for hundreds of years throughout our history have understood that God deserves all of our praise because there is nobody like him. There is nobody like God. And so when we worship and we ask the question, why do I worship God? Because there's nobody like him. Not one person, not one object, not one thing is like our God, and that is why we worship him. That's why scripture talks about his greatness all throughout the book. That's why we've sung about it for hundreds of years, thousands of years, really, because no one is like God. And so we praise him, and as our passage today, it says, for great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. The greatness of our God leads us to praise him with all of our lives. Because like I said earlier, Praise is not just a song, but praise is done with your heart, with your mind, with your, with your actions and your, your words, your, your thoughts, your desires, your 2024 plans, your treasures. You worship God with your whole life, with every single part of you. If worship to you is simply the 30 minutes we get on a Sunday morning, you have a, a, a misunderstanding of what worship truly is. Worship is everything that we do. It's everything, our whole life. But here's the thing. Here's the thing that we don't often talk about. If you're not going to worship God with your life, then you're going to worship something else. If God is not going to receive all of your praise, then something else is going to receive that praise. You don't, you don't just kind of hang out in a neutral zone. You either worship the Lord or you worship something else. And if you look at verse 5 in Psalm 96, he, he talks about these other things that we worship. It says, for all the gods of the people are worthless idols. An idol is something that you place above God. So like if you worship God, but you say, but this thing or this person is above God, is more important than God, the Bible would call that an idol. And the Bible would say that thing is, is worthless. It's, it's useless. Idols have a great issue. They cannot satisfy you. They cannot truly love you. They cannot fulfill you. Idols let you down 10 out of 10 times because they are not God. Look at what the end of verse 5 and 6 say about God, right? It's kind of uh, comparing God to these idols that we are tempted to worship. It says, but the Lord made the heavens. So the idols are worthless, but God made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are his sanctuary. So it says, these idols are worthless, but God is great and glorious. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are his sanctuary. Only God is worth all of our praise. I want you to think about this. When we worship and give God everything, like we do that because nothing else is worthy of our praise. Nothing else can bear the weight of your undivided attention, 
and affection. Do you realize that? Because when we worship God, we're giving him everything, all of our affection, all of our attention. He gets it all. But when you worship something else in this life, when you take all of your worship and you place it on a spouse or a child or a career or a hobby or on yourself, that thing that you place your worship on will crumble under the weight of your worship because it cannot bear it. Nothing else can carry the weight of your worship except God himself. You take the best spouse and you begin to worship that spouse, and that spouse will crumble under the expectations of your worship. Or you take your, your, your favorite child, because some of you have a favorite child, and, and you worship that child and live through that child and treat that child like they are your everything. That child will crumble under the weight of your worship because a child cannot bear all of your affection and attention. Only God can carry our worship. Only God can bear all of our worship. That's why we give it to him. Because he's the one that's great. He's the one that's holy. He's the one who's existed forever and ever and ever. Only God can bear all of your worship. So I want to close this morning. And I just want to, I, I want to think about everything that, that we're talking about, this singing a new song to the Lord. I can't tell you exactly what the Lord is going to do in your life. I can't tell you what it's going to look like, exactly what he's going to do. But I can promise you that if you were in this room, God will work in your life. No matter how far gone you feel, no matter how your 2023 was, whether you walked with the Lord every day or you strayed from him, I believe that God will work in your life this new year. And I believe as God's people, we should expect him to work. We should be anticipating the moves of God in our life. We should be excited. We should be praying and asking the Lord, Lord, give me eyes to see your movement. Give me eyes to recognize your hand in everything, what you're doing, the story that you're writing. As God's people, we should be waiting every day for a movement of God, for a working of God. I can't tell you what it's going to be, but I know, I know that he will move. And we should begin preparing our hearts to sing a new song of praise to the Lord. And I would just say, if you're in this room and you've never submitted your life to Christ, you've, you've never been saved by Christ, you today can sing a new song of praise. The whole reason we're gathered here on a Sunday is not for religion's sake, but it's because Jesus Christ died on a cross 2,000 years ago. He died for our sin. The Bible would say that we're all sinners. We all worship ourselves. We all follow ourselves. We all love ourselves, but we all sin. And because God is holy and perfect, he cannot enter into a relationship with, with sin. He can't welcome someone who has sin in their life into a relationship with him. But he loves us so much, he sent his son to die for us. That's the beauty of Christianity, that yes, we were not good enough to be in a relationship with the Lord. We were too sinful, but God sent Jesus to die on a cross to make a payment for your sin and for mine. And so if you're in the room and, and you're far from the Lord, or, or you've just been rebelling and, and, and leaving the Lord, wandering from him, I would just say that Christ died on a cross to save you from your sin, to save you from a path of self-destruction and separation from God. And if you just repent of your sins and believe that Jesus died on the cross to save you, you can be forgiven of your sins. 
You can enter into a relationship with the Lord, a true life-giving relationship with the Lord. You can stop worshiping worthless things in this world and start worshiping the true God who created you. And so I would just say, if that's you, if you've never placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you today can sing a new song of worship for the very first time by just believing in Christ and what he did on the cross. But as we look forward to 2024, we must know that God's going to move. So I'd say this, if you're a songwriter, like if you write songs, be ready to write songs for the glory of God in response to what he does this year. If you're a prayer warrior, begin praying and praising God for what he's going to do in 2024. If you say, man, I've got the gift of encouragement and I've got the gift of discernment, then you this next year, Help people worship and praise the Lord during this year. Praise and sing new songs to him. If you're a leader in the church or in the business place, I hope you help lead other people to follow the movement of God. I pray that we as a church would get behind the Lord and what he's doing. So that's what we're here for. That's what we're made to do is to follow the Lord. We're all imperfect. We will all make mistakes, but let us imperfectly follow a perfect God. And I want to end with this. It's a line from the uh, hymn, Come Thou Fount. Uh, it's, it's one of my favorite hymns. It's really my favorite hymn. Uh, I, I sing it to my son every night before we go to bed, a modified version, because uh, God knows he doesn't want to listen to me sing the whole thing. Uh, but I love the song and I love the message behind it. And there's one line that sticks out. It says this. It says, streams of mercy never ceasing call for songs of loudest praise. Streams of mercy never ceasing call for songs of loudest praise. I love that picture. The mercies of God being like a, a river or, or a creek that never ends and that is always flowing with mercy poured out on us. That you and I as a Christian are a recipient of the mercy of God every single moment that we are alive. That God's mercy is never ending. It will never run out. You can never out his grace and his mercy. And you will never find yourself in a moment where you can't be redeemed by God in an instant. And so I say this year as we see the God be, fav God be favorable to us, as we see him move and pour out mercy upon us, would we be a church that gives him the loudest praise in response to the mercy that he pours out on us? It's what we're called to do, to sing new songs of praise to him as he moves. Let's pray and then sing in response the loudest praise that we can give to a God who deserves it. Lord, you are so good to us. You are so kind to us. 